Monday. 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 Open wide dev fans. Get ready to stuff your face with JavaScript, CSS, Node Modules, Barbecue Tips, Git Workflows, Breakdancing, Soft Skills, Web Development, The Hastiest, The Craziest, The Tastiest Web Development Treats. Coming in hot, here is Wes, Barracuda, Boss, and Scott, El Toro Loco, Tolinsky. Welcome to Syntax. Today we have a hasty treat for you. We are talking about FramerX and prototyping applications, design applications, the interaction of those applications in our development space and sort of where that's going to be going and where it is and some cool, cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Now, my name is Scott Tolinsky. This is a hasty treat. This is the Syntax.fm. With me as always is Wes Boss. Hello, everybody. Good to be with you again, I guess. <laughs> yes, good to be with you again. Uh, this episode is the nicest episode of Syntax and it is sponsored by Sentry. Sentry is amazing. Sentry is a, 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 a service that both Wes and I both use to track our errors. And really what it is, is it's a sort of a hub for getting all of your errors in a place where you can track, uh, resolve them, and really uh, approach any sort of error system in your website with confidence. Uh, honestly, the service is invaluable to me. I use it 24-7. So some of the cool things that, that Sentry does is it can cut your app, your error resolution down from like five hours to five minutes with all of the relevant information it gives you, right? It lets you know the operating system, the user, the even the relevant source code using source maps so you can see exactly where the error occurred in your source code. I mean, that, that kind of tool is just amazing. They have SDKs for every single platform you could possibly think for. I mean, seriously, everything. So if if you're using uh, code to make things, Sentry has your back there. Yeah, there's even some really cool stuff like noise-free notifications tied to the commit, right? So if you made a commit and it's causing some errors, you're going to get notified yourself and it's going to be, again, noise-free, letting you know exactly what's happening without a bunch of fluff, okay? And again, there's tight integrations with things like GitHub, Bitbucket, GitLab, any of your version control systems. There's also tight integrations with services like Slack and Jira and whatever you're using to uh, communicate with your team. And if you sign up for Sentry using the promo code TASTYTREAT, all one word, uh, you can get two months for free off of Sentry's small plan. Now, here is the kicker of this coupon code. The Tasty Treat coupon code even works for already Sentry uh, customers. If you're a current Sentry customer and you want to get two months free of their uh, small service plan, please sign up or use the promo code TASTYTREAT. And you get a little extra incentive there to try Sentry at a little bit larger of a scale. Also, for people that might be on the fence about getting to try this in general, the free tier of Sentry uh, is perfect for getting started and just checking out the features and seeing the value. Again, I use this tool nonstop, and I'm pretty sure my team could not function without it. So check it out at Sentry.io. Use the promo code TastyTree to get two months off of their uh, small plan there. So check it out. It's, it's again, awesome, awesome tool. And we're so happy to have them as a sponsor. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to, I guess we'll start talking about Framer X, which is the, the new hotness. Scott will explain kind of what it is. And we're going to parlay that into uh, the idea of prototyping tools, uh, what they are and why you might want to use one and what the benefits are. And then finally, we'll talk about sort of like our, our dream for, for prototyping tools. So uh, this is more of Scott's wheelhouse. So I'm going to let him drive most of the conversation and I'll uh, 
chime in with uh, whatever I have to say about it. Yeah. So I, I know we all use a lot of apps to do design nowadays and uh, the workflow has shifted. I mean, when I was first working at an agency, everything was done in Photoshop. You just did all your designs in Photoshop, whether or not that was like the right idea or the wrong idea, you know, Illustrator was probably more appropriate than anyways. But eventually, you know, people came along and, and had some better ideas to make some more modern applications for how we work in developing things today. So like things like Sketch popped out. And when Sketch came out, I blew a lot of people's minds because it was a design tool that was now focusing on the stuff that we use in our actual code. There's reusable components, there's styles, there's things like that. There's You can pin things to areas and have some responsive designs. Again, these are ended up being tools that needed to exist just did not exist at the time because everyone is using sort of these older archaic sort of ways of uh, d- designing a website, right? And from that came new tools like Figma and Envision Studio and Adobe XD. It's XD, right? I think it is. Yep. And then now, well, previously Framer and now Framer X, which is sort of the latest in this sort of design application. Now, FrameRx is a Mac-only application, although I hear they are working on a Windows release as well. I have no idea about any sort of time frame for that. Who knows when that could come out? But it's in the pipeline, right? So FrameRx is its most basic. It's a design tool. It's Sketch. It's Figma. It's one of these. It's a competitor to that sort of space. And it, it very much works and feels like that. You have your artboards. You have your vector tools. You have your component stuff. Now, the stuff that people have been getting really hyped about in Framer X is its uh, usage of React components. And this one's really interesting to me because Framer X has these two separate concepts. It has a design component, right, which is something like similar to a symbol in Sketch or a component in Figma. It has a design component, and then there's a development or a code component. And the code component is written in React. Now, I think there was a little confusion that people were thinking you could go back and forth or you could export design components as React or use this tool as like a prototyping for code tool that would spit out some code. Uh, it's not that. It's it's a, just a design tool that allows you to make more complex components with React. What's cool about that is you can build these components that have like it actually pops up in the interface in the toolbar. So instead of just being a here's the background shadow and whatever you can have your own custom parameters and sliders and whatever that you can control in the app to control these individual components and then there's an app store where you can share these components and download other components like for instance i downloaded a youtube component and one of the custom properties it has in the toolbar is just a url you paste in a youtube url into that and then in your design comp it actually loads up that youtube Um, that's so cool Yeah. And here's the coolest part is that there is prototype or there's like a prototyping mode where you click it and opens up like an interactive prototype window. And that YouTube embed isn't just a photo of the thumbnail in the YouTube player. It's a full on working YouTube player. So in the prototype mode, I can click that and actually see it function as if it is a YouTube player in my design and it's playing the actual video. So it is a little bit of design application. It's a little bit of interactive prototyping application. It is not some sort of code explorer or exporter or whatever. You're not, it's not a dream weaver or something like that. It's not a visual code builder. That's not what it is. So one of the cooler functions about this thing, I, I know you'll really appreciate this aspect, is the there's this layout style called a stack. And a stack uses Flexbox rules. So instead of de- like 
uh, ab- like instead of positioning things on a canvas, you select some things and you put them in a stack. And then that stack automatically determines their spacing, their location, and their distribution. And then using exact Flexbox things like space between and whatever, you can have it be automatic. Ah. It's, I know, I, I've designed enough lists in my life that there's like nothing worse than working with a list and having to like move an item around or like reshuffle, then use your line tools and your distribute tools and whatever. This like really like makes it into like a, it's a, it's sort of a different thing. I, it's a it's a feature that I didn't expect to think is that amazing, and now I'm like, wow, this is like maybe the, one of the cooler aspects of this application. In addition, there's also things like scrolling areas and animations when you click on things, so you can click on a menu and see it flying from the left. So I, I highly recommend checking at least out their their little their videos. Their their sort of what's going on. I have a, a video on Level Up Tutorials YouTube that's like a live stream of me using it. For 40 minutes if you want to see this thing in action. Again, this video is not sponsored by FramerX. This is just my initial opinions. And mostly I I wanted to talk a little bit about design tools and prototyping tools in the context of something like this. Uh, Something that really integrates interactivity and code with design. So again, this is like sort of like one step closer to the intersection of design tools, development tools, and maybe like a code builder. Cause it's not, not like I said, it's not a code builder, but it definitely has some like really interesting features with code in your design. So in like, what ways do you think if you were working with a client, could you see this kind of thing to be useful? And like, do you think that interactive features instead of your design comps, do you think that like is something that your clients would want to see? Yeah, I actually have a question before I get into that is like the react part is very intriguing to me, but I don't totally get it. So, yeah, is the idea that you take an existing react component that you use and just pop it into your you pop it into your design and then you're able to use that as part of your design? Or is the idea that you build something in this and export it as code? I don't think so, uh, right? You don't do any exporting as code. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that you import as code specifically, or you can copy code from a code component that someone else already created. But for instance, yeah, yeah like I, I could throw in <clears throat> a React component that I've already created. When you click Create Component, it gives you an option for Design Component or Code Component. And if you yeah. click Code Component, it'll pop open a window in your text editor as like a TypeScript file. And you can uh, just go from there. You can copy and paste. And when you save and update, it'll pop into your thing. Um, there's, again, some additional little features because you can set parameters that you can modify within the interface. So, again, like even if you were to, to write your code in this thing, you wouldn't necessarily want to copy your code out of it and use it in real life, maybe. Yeah, I can see that being really helpful because there's a bit of a problem where you have the designers that are designing components and then you have your developers who are implementing these things. And slowly over time, they start to to drift away from each other and they start to look a little bit different and, and things get changed. And and then it's it's kind of a pain where your your actual thing that you're using, let's take a, the syntax player on syntax.fm. That's a component. If I were to take that and put it into this thing, I don't have to worry about keeping the design up to date with what it actually looks like on the website and vice versa, right? You could actually just pop the existing component right into it. So I think that that's very interesting to me. 
Yeah, there's definitely some some interesting things there. And I, I think, again, that would be cool because you could pop open in your design comp and actually press play on the button and get it to play audio. So, I mean, there's there's some cool things. Your your clients actually get to like feel how the application works. And now, granted, Framer isn't like the first, Framer X isn't the first design tool to do. Like Figma has a prototyping mode where you click play, you can click through your designs, you can have scroll areas, you can have pinnable areas, you can do this stuff. So the Interactivity stuff isn't necessarily a new thing, but I don't know if you remember like um, back when like the very first prototyping tools, they look like, you know, they look like they were hand sketched. And then the big feature was that you could actually click on things in them. It was like, I remember showing off design comps at Ford and then we would have the design comp, which was beautiful. And then we'd pull up this like wireframe in one of the prototyping apps just so they could click through it and be like, oh, I'm clicking on this thing, even though it's an ugly wireframe. Yeah. Yeah. So we've definitely come a long way since then. And again, I think it's it's. It's one of these things that is just going to, it's going to get better and better. I don't know if they have any sort of device export. I should look at this. I know like Figma and Sketch have some pretty slick device export stuff. Like you can fire open a Figma design on your phone and click through it. Like you could send clients to a URL and have them like actually interact with it and, and feel nice in a real design comp. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the space in general? Like where do you think that it it can go? Where do you think that it should go? Well, like, I I don't know. Is there going to be a convergence of these tools and these types of tools? I think that this is really important because I think I think it's going to solve not everybody's problem. I don't think everybody needs to to use a prototyping tool like this. But I think that a lot of times when you're building stuff, the issues that arise when people start to use it arise too late. The, The client starts to say, oh, I don't like the way that this feels or I didn't I didn't expect that when when you were to reorder items on the page, it would it would work like that. Right. And mm-hmm. I think if you can can get those things out of the way of how it's going to work, because I remember back when I first started with Photoshop, it was simple to show the user one file, the normal state. And then we had another layer that simply just showed the hover state. And that was it. But the, it's so much more complex. There's so much more interaction and interface and and how things work together that is impossible to communicate to a client or even to communicate to a developer. This is how it needs to work when someone clicks on it or when someone reorders an element or when the screen goes from smaller to bigger. Uh, so I think that that's going to to really help people that that's find themselves running into issues like that. And and I think also it's it's going to allow you to just to to dream up new possible layouts and, and new possible interactions without actually having to spend the time on building what could be some very complex interfaces. A lot of these drag and drop and and custom interaction stuff that's very hard to write in code. And if you were to spend a week building something and only to figure out this is not the way we want to go, that's very expensive. It's very expensive. And I think back to, uh, for those of you who don't know, I worked out on like a, a team for Ford.com. We were doing some like experimental design interfaces and we worked in a team of like 30 people where we had some like really influential and excellent designers on the team and a few devs. And the whole thing was like, we're going to come up with these incredible interfaces and we're going to have the devs put them together so that we can do user testing on these things to see how viable using some more interesting interfaces actually is at a, a scale like Ford. Right. And I just think, wow, nowadays, I mean, this was only a few years ago, but nowadays you could do a lot of the stuff that we were doing in those 
prototyping comps, you could do a lot of that stuff in these prototyping app, apps now, especially, I mean, you would still maybe need a developer on hand to code up some of these interactive components, right? Because I don't think a designer is going to be able to go in there and write a React component from scratch without knowing React or anything and, and, and have it be super successful. But if you would have a developer coding up these interactive prototypes, it might be a way better way to try out some of these things in user testing than coding up a whole application itself. So I, to me, there, there's this like really cool future that we're approaching and every single new iterative tool that comes out, I think has a little bit more and more of that special sauce that's going to uh, just, I think, progress in that in that term. I'm, I'm just like I said, I, I'm excited for the, the future of this sort of stuff. So along the regards of the, the future of that sort of stuff, there's a space where you have, like I said, we have this design tool that's designing and prototyping is not doing necessarily the code stuff, really. I mean, you can write code in it and it can work, but it's not giving you code. It's not prototyping code for you. Do you think that the next step is something that gives you prototyping code? And do you think that prototyping code would actually be useful and helpful for developers moving forward? Man, that's the that's the dream, right? I remember first opening up Dreamweaver thinking that that's what it was. It was just like a, a, a GUI that would allow it to make a website. And that's as much as us developers want to sort of turn our nose up as up at these things that help us write code. I do think that's an inevitable that at some point, I don't know that it will be for your entire application, but for some point, the interface of these things is going to be a bit of a, a code generator or a helper or, or something that allows you to both see what you're building and to have some of these dials and, and settings and, and whatnot, as well as actually write the code. It's I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I, I would say that in the next five or so years, there's been a lot of like, we're going to lose our jobs. Remember, what was that thing? Grid.io, which was going to like make oh, yeah. websites for us and for everyone you, was yeah. freaking out that you're going to lose your, your job. And, and that went absolutely nowhere. I, I don't think we'll ever be out of a job. We're, we're just going to be adapting to how we use uh, different amounts of tools. So if you've got thoughts on, on on what you think the future of that looks like, make sure you tweet us at Syntax FM. What do you think, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you're, you're dead on it. It's really interesting because I doubt that you know final product code is going to get pushed out of a design application anytime soon. But I could see there being great benefit to like me dragging a rectangle and styling it and setting up some uh, responsive rules for it and alignment sort of stuff and then copying that code out of there and pasting it directly into my application or even getting like a design uh, pro or code prototype that I could then use, that would save me some time. Like, do I really love typing uh, CSS? Well, I would like it if a robot could type it for me. Uh, that would be pretty sweet. We're already seeing that a little, little bit like in Sketch. When I have a complex gradient in Sketch, I'll right click copy as CSS. Yep. And I'll take mm -hmm. that gradient and paste it. In. And we've previously on the show, we've had a sponsor, Coffee Cup has their CSS grid builder and the output of it is actually really good. So maybe for like specific things like layout and whatnot, we are starting to see tools like that. And the dream is that one day you you will have some sort of GUI that will be a dream to use and that will output code that is very readable. And uh, I don't know if that will ever get there, but uh, that's the that's the hope, right? 
Yeah, it would be really cool to have like a a styled component system that stays one to one in sync with your design comps. If you use a design comp, then uh, or if you use a component in your design comp, then it, you, it's guaranteed to be the exact same as what's in your code base. And if you modify in the code base, it modifies it in the design comp. And if you modify in the design comp, it modifies in the code base. Like. For specifically styling things and really like layout sort of stuff, I see this being yeah. just like that. That's such a cool idea. I think it's a it's a cool idea, and I I'm not too cool for it. You know, I think some people are gonna be like, well, I like to code everything by hand on a stone chisel and a typewriter, and then I feed <laughs> that into you know a robot that you know converts it to punch card, and then I put in you know it's like. I'm not too cool for for a robot doing some of my work for me in that regard. So, yeah, I'm excited. I I think, again, FramerX sort of uh, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to have like code that just gets output from my components. And then it's like going to be like just copy and paste your design into a React component. And sure enough, it doesn't do that at all. But it's still, I think, like one step closer to that, that sort of goal. And it definitely pushes the bar forward a little bit in terms of what these design applications are going to be doing in the future. So, uh, yeah, in that regard, I, I'm pretty psyched for this thing. It's still in beta, so if you want to get a beta access, you can go to their website. We can make a link available in the show notes to you and uh, sign up for the beta. If not, it'll probably be out soon enough where you can try it. Again, my experiences with it are available on Level Up Tutorials at a, um, I think I did a live stream and then I did a what is video. So I've been doing a little bit of Frameworks content. As soon as I have access to it, I've been using it. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely one to try out all of this stuff whenever it comes out. So uh, yeah, I've, I've had my hands in a little bit and uh, I'm excited for the future of this design stuff. Again, it keeps getting cooler and cooler. I don't think this is the application that's going to teach you how to be a React developer. I don't think it's the application that's going to merge that gap between design and development and stuff like that. But I do think it is a step forward in design and prototyping in all sorts of like really, really interesting ways. So do you have any any like final thoughts on this sort of? I think just to just to keep an open mind, whenever anything comes out like this, it's easy to poo-poo it and be like, no, it's these things are always garbage. But at some point, there's very smart people working on these things. And at some point, I think the the boundaries between what we've had, like even we used to be very cut and dry designer, developer, designer builds it, hands it off to a developer. And those things are very much blurring right now. And I think that we we're due for another blur of what your job actually entails. So uh, keep an open mind to the stuff and, and check it out whenever you see anything like this making waves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'd say that that's a great advice for literally anything. <laughs> keep an open <laughs> mind about it. There's still people, I, I read an article, and this is totally unrelated, but I read an article the other day like saying styled component users think this about CSS and they think that there is the, the cascade is evil. And it's like, this sounds like some like propaganda rhetoric for like somebody who's insecure about their use of CSS. Like you just keep an open mind. I, I think everyone has valid points in like, hey, man, if you like using CSS and you don't want to use styled components, that's cool. But I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say one thing about a I'm not going to make any grand gestures about a user who, who might think this or that, you know. Yeah. Uh, whatever helps you get your job done. 
almost everything good in the history of the world has come from somebody challenging the norm and not necessarily saying I know better, but why don't we why don't we take a look at different approaches? Why are we doing it this way? Uh, and some of the best stuff has, has come out of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a excellent point. Cool. So uh, I think that's just about it for this hasty treat. We're pulling up on our 25 minutes or so. Uh, do you have anything additional to add like at all? Nope. I think that's it for today. I think we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Sick. Yeah, I think this was a uh, sick, hasty treat here. So we got our <laughs> next episode coming up. It's a potluck where we answer a ton of your questions. So we're going to be doing one potluck episode a month. And this coming Wednesday is going to be the potluck. So keep your ears open for that on the Wednesday edition of Syntax. See you then. Peace. Peace. Head on over to Syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show. 